Hello and welcome to Fascinated by Ghosts. I am your host, Richard Kennedy, and I'm joined by one of my favourite people on this planet. It is Nina from South Africa. Nina from South Africa, are you there? Hello, I'm here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. And you are also one of my favourite people. So how are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. I'm, a, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm excited to have you join us for this episode. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Nina, um, when did you, do you, I'm guessing you love ghosts and paranormal stuff as much as me. Yes, oh, 100%. Ever since I was a kid, horror, ghosts, mysteries, all of that jazz. Can you remember how it started? Like, what was the first thing that uh, got you hooked? Oh, yeah. So when I was about, I think, nine or eight or nine, my sister made me watch one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets with her. And she couldn't make it through to the end. She made me sit and watch it by myself and oh my terrified but started off a lifelong horror obsession, which branched into anything ghost story related, um, true crime, all of the weird and wonderful stuff in our world. Wow. Mine was uh, the Blair Witch Project. That was my gateway. I watched that. And obviously at the time when the internet was like new and they, they actually made it look real. And like the IMDB was like, these people are missing. Like they really made it look like, a movie, a, kind of like a snuff movie like these people are gone no one can find them and everyone believed it and it was fucking creepy as fuck because once you have that premise there and you go in as a kid especially where you have the biggest imagination and what the Blair Witch Project does so well is it doesn't show you anything it it lets your mind build up the fear and build up the picture and I, I will always love the Blair Witch Project because I think it was so clever what they done um and obviously you know it's kind of it wasn't the first found footage movie but it was a big it, it, it kind of might as well been because it started off the whole found footage movie kind of category but it was just so yeah, well huge. done and being a kid like i had nightmares for like a month after watching the blair Witch project <laughs> i um i also oh, i absolutely loved it and i was i was absolutely hooked i thought it was real everyone who spoke to me about it i was like no it's real i don't know how you can doubt it and i like I would die on that hill. And then um, I studied film as well. And like, it's it's actually looked at as like a huge contributor to that whole genre. Like it was like, just, it was amazing. What it did was amazing and how it hooked in the public and made everyone believe the story. They like lived this horror and clever. It was. So do you, and feel free to say you don't. Do you actually believe in ghosts or paranormal shit or anything like that? Um, I so badly want to. Like, I desperately want to. But I have a war with myself. So I don't believe in any sort of religion or afterlife or that sort of thing. So I believe, like, once once we die, we're gone. But then there's the side of me that goes, no, but there's so many unexplained things. There's got to be ghosts. And I just so desperately want to believe in ghosts. I want to believe in the supernatural. I want to believe in the cryptids, man. I'm. So, I, I want to see Mothman. I want this stuff to be real. You are just. You're exactly the same as me. Like I don't believe in anything, um, but I want to believe. Much like Mulder from the X Files, I want to believe. Um, they are like they're just. They're amazing. Some of the stories and the things you hear. And they're, they're terrifying, but so interesting at the same time. I would love to see, like, Bigfoot. 
me as well and the thing is like i would love to have a ghost experience and like i've been on all of the ghost walks throughout the uk like i've been on all of it i've sat in dark buildings i've i've like done all the stuff where i'm sitting there and i'm like come on show me show me something be real have you um we'll we'll go into it on another show but i'm i'm guessing maybe you've got some great like ghost stories from south africa Oh, we've got loads, demons, fucking everything, man. That's we've got really, really cool. good stories. Because I've never heard, like, really any South African kind of ghost stories, so I'm definitely going to be asking you about that in the future. All right. I'll um, get some ready. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so today we are talking um, about the South End Werewolf. Have you ever heard of the South End Werewolf? I haven't. The only time I heard about it was at the end of your last podcast where you mentioned it. And I'm like, yes, I would die for a werewolf story. Let's do it. Do you know what? That That's why I loved it. Because it's like that I've never, I haven't really heard any werewolf stories like ever. Um, and then when I saw that it was South End in the UK, I was like, no way. Like, no way. <laughs> um, so I had to delve into it. Just to give you context, South End is like, um, it's like a, a a beach um, town, but it's the closest one to London. Um, so it's a bit urban at the same time. And um, it's, how do I put it politely? It's gone downhill. It's gone downhill. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to say it. <laughs> it's uh, in need of a bit of renovation. Very much. It, it you know, it, it, look, it could have the potential to be as... Um, amazing as Brighton is. Brighton has a great reputation and is very um, up and coming and um, it's like the hipster beach town. And I think Southend could do that, but it needs funding. It needs a lot of funding and a lot of care in the area. Um, Okay, so the Southend werewolf. All right. Andy Warhol once said that in the future, everybody will be world famous for 15 minutes. This is certainly true of an unassuming carpenter called Bill Ramsey. Born and bred in the Essex seaside town of Southend, the first inkling of trouble came when William Ramsey was just nine years old. Like any normal child, he was outside in his back garden when he began to feel strange. It was deep into one Saturday afternoon in 1952 when an icy blast of cold swept all over him. Perspiration froze on his skin and a foul stench came close to making him vomit. The bewildered youngster only had two things on his mind. Running away to a life on the ocean wave and wolves. By the time he was close to the garden fence and only the calls of his mother brought him out of whatever trance had gripped him. So that's the first bit, Mm. Nina. Oh my gosh, I want to be a werewolf. What are you thinking? You're a nine-year-old kid. You get like this sudden feeling in your body. Cold freeze goes around. You got this sudden urge to run and be with the wolves. Honestly, like, you know, the first thing I would think of if I was a nine-year-old, this happened to me, I would think I was going crazy. My first thought would not be like, oh shit, I'm turning into a werewolf. My life's going to be amazing. I would just think, okay, I finally lost it. Um, time to ship me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. I think 
I mean, you hear those things and you're like, oh, it sounds like anxiety or a panic attack at a young age. Like, that's mm. what that sounds like to me. And maybe it was. But um, let, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. So, however, something else took complete control of him instead. Intense and pure rage had installed itself firmly within his psyche. Using this and the adrenaline fueled strength he now possessed, he had uprooted a fence post with the fence still attached and was swinging it like a club. Not even what his not even his parents could easily remove the post with their bare hands. What the young child did did next made both of his parents flee back into relative safety of their home, leaving Bill isolated outside. Bill Ramsey placed the wire meshing into his mouth and began gnawing at it. The cold sensations returned and a low growl emanated from deep within him. Both his parents remained inside the house until it was apparent that their son had calmed down considerably. My God, imagine, imagine this happens to you. This is your tiny sweet child. Starts chewing on a fence. I know. Oh my God. You would just, I mean, I wouldn't run away. (laughs) I wouldn't run into the house (laughs) and leave the child gnawing on some I would run away. (laughs) No, I would, I would um, try and, try and talk to them and try and calm them down. I'd probably try and get the barbed wire out of their mouth, though I imagine that's going to be very, very difficult. Um, I would run away, man. I would be like, I would run away and over my shoulder, I'd be saying it's time for adoption. That's, that's what I would say. <laughs> what, what do you think could have caused that? Do you think it's like, because that to me sounds like a, um, not like schizophrenia, but some kind of psyche. That uh, sounds like a, like a full on psychotic break. Yeah. Yeah. To do something like that. The thing is also you get these things, you know, when people talk about possession and stuff and they say that like your whole, like it's a whole psychotic thing and you actually end up getting like superhuman strength and your body can do strange things and make weird noises. So it could be something like that, I suppose. I agree with that. It's like, even when you have like, um, a panic attack is, it's adrenaline, isn't it? Your body's full Mm. of adrenaline and you can probably run faster than you've ever run in your life. And probably you are strong at that moment and could do a lot of kind of strong things that you'd never usually be able to do. All right. So for nearly 15 years after that terrifying incident, nothing similar happened in the life of Bill Ramsey again for 15 years. Nothing. He had grown up, got married, become a doting father of three children. The first two years of his marriage though, were plagued by nightmares. Each dream was the same. And the results ended up identical as well. Ramsey always awoke in a cold sweat and was overwhelmed by feelings of dread and unease. In his dream, he was always a few steps behind his wife, who would then turn to face him and run away in extreme terror. It was only in 1967 that these dreams ended, 18 months on and Bill woke one night to hear what he thought was panting of a wild animal somewhere inside the bedroom. He was correct. It was Bill himself. Mm, my God, can you imagine? Can you imagine waking up to your partner 
um I feel like his parents should have warned her though, when they yeah. started. They'd be like, listen, I don't want mean to panic you, but there was something that happened when he was a child involving a fence. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think they should have warned her. I imagine like they just thought though, oh, you know, that was one weird episode, but he's been completely fine ever since. You know, I'm sure he's fine. Um but there's like weird episodes where like you'll have the vapors or something, but they're like, that's, it's so extreme that you would think there would be warnings and like, I don't know, maybe some sort of, um, psychiatric intervention. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think those, I think when you're having nightmares like that every day, constantly, that's going to play on your, your uh, conscious mind and your psyche anyway. Mm. So then you should really seek help, but we're looking at like the sixties and in the sixties, you know, mental health wasn't really a thing let alone finding support and help for it and how would you even how would he even like explain that to a a doctor i imagine if i went now to my gp and said that was happening he would be like here's some uh sertraline here's some sertelopram just take these anxiety pills you'll be fine um you'll be fine you know so i i imagine uh yeah it must have been even more difficult in the 60s okay so once again there was a low in activity for approximately 15 years again, Nina, so there's a pattern. Mm. It was now 1983. We're in the 80s. And Bill was out with some friends at a local pub. After several drinks, Bill began to feel the same icy chills that first manifested much earlier in his life. He made an excuse and headed to the lavatory, which is a toilet, just in case you aren't aware, Nina. Once, (laughs) (laughs) Once there, he checked himself in the mirror and saw a werewolf looking back at him. What? Okay, but is it a real werewolf? Does he have fur, or is it in his head, and he's thinking, I look slightly wolf-like? I think his psyche, or mental breakdown, or whatever's going on, he's looking looking at his reflection, and he's seeing a werewolf. I think, because that can happen, right? You get um, hallucinations and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's quite possible that he had a hallucination. And that, that icy chill to me sounds again like something like, again, I would relate it to, to when I have panic attacks. I get that feeling that like there's a feeling in my body that starts urging. I, I know when a panic attack is coming. Um, and I think it's similar to that, but again, slightly different. But it must, you know, if that's you personally, that's going to be absolutely terrifying. If you look in the mirror and you're like, that's my reflection. I'm looking at myself and... I- I'm a werewolf. I feel like if that happened to me, though, I think, especially if I was in a pub, I would run straight back out and I'd be like, okay, is anyone else seeing this? Like, do, you know, confirm or deny, am I a werewolf right now? Stroke me, stroke me. Do I feel furry? Yeah. yeah. How soft is my fur? Do I have sharp teeth? What do my eyes look like? And I suppose the thing is it's different now with, with smartphones. You could be like, take a quick picture of me. Uh, let me have a look. Yep. Very true. Very true. Okay, um, <laughs> let's see what happens next. So, this was just a precursor as to what was to happen on their way home from the pub. In the car ride home, must have had a, had a designated driver, and without any warning, Bill began to growl and immediately turned to his fellow passenger. Both hands twisted into claws, and Ramsey tried to bite the leg of his friend. The designated driver didn't panic. He brought the car to a stop and made attempts to get the raging Bill out of the back of the car. It still took several minutes 
and quite a bit of effort to finally get Bill out of the car. By now, the frenzy had dissipated. So what's your thoughts now, Nina? Okay, okay. So there's short, there's short episodes, aren't they? So they're like, it's not like he's turning into a wolf and running through the forest. He's getting like a bit antsy. And, you know, obviously the fact that he can, his friend can take him out the car, he hasn't full on, fully transitioned into a werewolf. He's just trying to bite him. <laughs> so... It's the early process still, you know, that that lycanthrope is, is just developing slowly over time. Yeah, maybe. But also, it's like, it's a long time. But what, I mean, if, we're, was... if we're in the car together, right, and I, I just start growling, and then I bite, I try to bite your leg, what, what are you thinking in that moment? I would punch you right in the face and be like, this guy is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think, oh my gosh, she's turning into a werewolf. <laughs> Let me get the wolfsbane. <laughs> who is like the guy that hunts wolves is it van helsing yes van helsing i yeah. think yeah but he hunts a bit of everything doesn't he he does all right so worse was to come but not for another 18 months so now we have 18 months not 15 years just 18 months this time shortly before christmas 1983 uh bill begins to suffer from chest pains and thoughts immediately turn to a possible heart attack quite understandable um mm -hmm. bill checked himself into the emergency room of a local hospital and was halfway through a blood pressure examination when he sank his teeth into the arm of the nurse and ran through the ran through the ward as a man possessed witnesses oh witnesses would later reveal that bill had hunched shoulders and both hands had curled into talons or claws and bared lips just like a rabid animal Anyone that dared approach was knocked down easily with almost superhuman strength. It took quite a few people working as a team to finally subdue the rampaging man. A police officer managed to place handcuffs around Ramsey's wrist, but still this was not sufficient. A tranquilizer finally put an end to this outburst. Okay, see that also that also makes me think of that whole thing where you know, like with possessions, where you get like otherworldly strength, or if you have like a psychotic break, and your it's almost like your brain and your body like disconnected, so you can like do these crazy things, like lift cars or run faster than you've ever been able to run in your life. Like that's what it's making me feel. See, I also think like um, with your brain, your brain can make you believe anything so like for example if you're if you're having these constant nightmares that you know that are about being a werewolf etc if if you're if you're if your mental health is dipping and you're not getting support i i could see how your your brain is very strong and it can really make like like how depression works and it can make us feel incredibly like upset and miserable and that our life isn't good when we've got loads of lovely things around us and we just can't see it at the time I, I just see it being something similar to that, maybe. But the fact that he sunk his teeth into a nurse and actually bit a nurse and then went running through the hospital and, you know, whacking people. Um, yeah. But I'm, I've heard, apparently, obviously I've never tried it, but apparently it's, it's if, you, if you can get past the mental thing, but apparently it's very easy to bite into someone. Like, teeth can be quite sharp. So, oh, I bet, Like, they yeah. have that whole story where, like, if you, you can bite through your finger as easy as you could bite through a carrot. Wow. 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 Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> okay, so the following morning, 
this tranquilizer had worn off, and so did the original transformation. After a hearty breakfast, what's a hearty breakfast? To me, that sounds like a full English. That's a full English, 100%. Um, The attending doctor listened to the whole story and recommended that Bill remains under observation. Good doctor. Well done, doctor. Mm. However, he was a voluntary patient and was fully entitled to check himself out. Bill did so, but was back within the span of two months. So Bill checked himself out, but then ended up coming back in two months. In January 1984, Bill had just finished a visit to his mother when he began to feel an attack coming on. He made it to the same hospital on the same terms of his previous visit. The attending nurse was alone with Ramsey in the emergency room and feared for her life once she told Ramsey that she was going to find a doctor. Ramsey threw to one side and lunged for an orderly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think like from the first time where he was biting nurses, you think there would be like a note in his file that like they wouldn't leave him alone with anyone. 100%. You would have thought that would have been common sense. I, 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 it's, it's weird. Like, yeah, now it would definitely be documented. But I guess in the, in the 80s, you know, paperwork was nowhere near the standard that we have it now. But you still would have thought they would have fucking put something down. Yeah, there. and it's, it's not like a normal thing. It's a dude who went crazy, bit a nurse, and rampaged through a hospital. Surely there must be some sort of note. <laughs> Completely. Um, so, by chance, by chance, four police officers entered the hospital and immediately circled Ramsey. The officers and Ramsey had a standoff for a few seconds until Ramsey began snarling and growling at all four. The policemen advanced on Ramsey, who defended himself with some vigour. One of the four police officers suffered wounds so severe that he ended up in the hospital for another four days. All four managed to handcuff Ramsey again. The short walk to the waiting squad car went off without incident as Ramsey had apparently regained his faculties. When he arrived at the local police station, they immediately summoned the police surgeon. Ramsey considered the suggestion of checking himself into a mental institution, but decided against it, citing the stigma that he might feel in the days to follow. Since he was clearly in control and rational, Ramsey was released. You know, come on, <laughs> like all of this stuff's happening and it started so early on in your life and it's obviously the, the time between the incidents is getting shorter. Let's, you know, let's err on the side of caution. Let's check yourself into a mental hospital and stop biting people. Easy. And, and like, um, you would have thought if um, he's kind of done these things, one, you would have thought the police would have kind of done a bit more than just being like, ah, you're rational now. Don't worry about it. And two, there's already stigma because everyone in town probably knows that you've bitten a couple of people and the nurse and et cetera, et cetera. And that they're probably like very scared of you already. So there probably is already a lot of stigma attached to you. Oh my God. Yeah. Like uh, at the moment, your stigma, you know, it's there. Let's just, let's just see it through. Go to, go to the hospital, you know, before you start eating people. Like, (laughs) I feel like that's where this is probably headed. Okay. Well, let's find out. In the summer of 1987, he was back at the police station. This time, however, he was much more public spirited. Having made this, okay, this. What is public spirited? It means he, he's doing a good deed. But when you hear this good deed, you're going to laugh. 
having okay. having made a citizen's arrest to a local teenage prostitute, he drove her to the station. What? <laughs> How did he find this prostitute, Nina? Obviously, by pure luck, he was just walking the streets, and she you know, mentioned it, and uh, yeah. Obviously, a good deed. There was nothing untoward happening. <laughs> the second that he parked his car, she fled into the station. <laughs> Ramsey once again felt the now familiar sensation surging from the middle of his chest. Just as a burly policeman approached the car, the officer, considerably bigger than Ramsey, that's lucky, started to question him and made the big mistake of gently touching Ramsey's arm. The wolf within him took immediate hold of Ramsey, and the officer was thrown to the ground and was having the life choked out of him until help finally came. Ramsey was so wild that it took a dozen policemen to hold him down and two injections to finally restrain him. Oh my gosh, I'd love to see a picture of this guy. I wonder, uh, is he like a wee- weedy little guy or is he like a like know, a buff I have actually, I think I might have a picture of him. I'll get into it and I'll talk about it later. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's quite insane that he's managed. I mean, a dozen police officers is insane. Like there, I've seen moments where, yeah, there's, there's, they've needed quite a few policemen just to get that person down. But, you know, unless, unless he is super strong and hench, it seems mm. bizarre that, yeah, imagine he's like my scrawny kind of like indie rocker size and he's able to, to do that, that then that would make me think, whoa, there's something weird going on here. So there is a possibility, like you see there's some of those like MMA fighters, they're like wiry, but like they got some serious strengths. So there's a chance he's got some hidden strengths. Yeah, I, I mean, suppose we don't really know what else he's doing on the side. The greatest fighter of all time in my, I will always think is uh, Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee was so scrawny, but just... So oh, he was tiny, man. He was a little wiry, yeah. wiry dude, so... All right, so for the next 10 days, countless MRIs, finally, x-rays, <laughs> and psychiatric tests, finally. Oh, could, thank God, eventually. Could not determine what was wrong with Ramsey. Clearly, there was some issue that needed resolving. No, no shit. <laughs> nobody should really switch from mild-mannered rational to rampaging berserker and back again in the space of a few minutes unless there is something seriously wrong Or, unless it was Richard in his 20s having a drink. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, I think there's clearly some kind of psychiatric disorder and that it probably wasn't known about or diagnosed during that period of time. That's what I would have thought. Yeah, exactly. But I also would have thought that, like, they would have done this before it reached this point, before it took all of the officers to... Nina, you know, it was the eighties. It was the eighties. Everyone was just too busy dancing to, to techno music and doing cocaine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. maybe it was cocaine that made him super strong. Hey, you never know, man. Cocaine's done weirder things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now we're getting into the nitty gritty. One thing that went in Bill's favour was the visit to London of American demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren. <laughs> No, okay. I love the crossover. Yes, please. I didn't know that they dealt with uh, werewolves, How so I thought it was just demons. has there not been a Conjuring movie of this story? Yeah. 
it would be amazing. Right? It's I don't understand how they've not done it. I really feel like there's lots of horror movies that are like based on the Enfield Poltergeist or all these other stories, but this one is is like there's not much about it. It's only through me listening to like other great horror podcasts that I heard this story. It's, it, there's really little kind of no, no one's made a movie of it. You know, I think there's one book maybe about it, but like, this is, I mean, Hollywood, come on, come knocking on the yeah. door. Make That's like a movie. massive missed opportunity. Yeah, huge. Okay. So, by the way, I came up with a great idea. Listeners, I'm going on a tangent for a second because I think Nina will agree with my idea. Imagine, okay. bear with me here, right? I, it's it's going to sound crazy, but hold on. So you know OnlyFans, right? <laughs> yes. Imagine a world, right, where you could subscribe to a writer, say Stephen King, and suggest like this story, and he will then write a 200-page or a short story that you can get sent to yourself and you get to keep. Like, how awesome would that be? That's a really good idea. It reminds me a lot of cameos. You know how you can, like, get like famous people to send you a little message yep. or something if you pay out the nose but that would be an amazing imagine having like a little short story written to you by the king of horror himself i think it's so cool i think it's the best idea ever i genuinely i would like, pay money for that this is this is genius right i'm copywriting this idea nina let's copyright this idea on this podcast okay copyrighted we've we've got the proof now it's online that's it that's it we got it um okay i'll be on dragon's den soon um <laughs> Right, so, uh, yeah, Ed and Lorraine Warren. So, Bill's story appeared on a television show at the time of their stay. Lorraine immediately considered that Bill was being possessed and got in touch with the South End-on-Sea police station. After dialogue on both sides, the Warrens obtained the opportunity to talk to the Ramses. So they actually meet the Ramses. And now, I'm looking at a picture. And in this picture, I have... Bill Ramsey. And I have, Le, I think, Lorraine Warren. I'm going to send it over to you later, Nina, so that you can see. Oh, okay. Yes, please. Now, I will describe the picture. In the picture, um, Bill, so he's, he's, he's an older gentleman. I, I want to say 40s. I want to say 40s. I could be wrong. He's lost his hair kind of all the way at the front. Um, so he's just got the hair on the sides and his hands are, are like this and his face mm. is his. So they're, cr they're kind of crunched up and like, cr like claws. And it, it lo literally looks like an old Dracula movie when someone gives Dracula like the cross or some garlic and he goes, uh, like, like same facial expression as well. Very like someone's possessed demon trying to come out type of thing like we've seen in many oh my gosh movies. yes please i want to see this picture so the warrens negotiated with bill ramsey and finally convinced him to come to their church in connecticut and undergo an exorcism with their own specialist bishop robert mckenna so they're going okay. to exercise mr ramsey Bill but they think it's a they think it's a possession though. They don't think it's like a werewolf or anything. Nope, they think it's like a possession because it's like demon type of behaviour. Okay. Bill relented and made the trip with his wife in 1989. A tabloid newspaper, The People, sponsored the trip. I bet they did. The night before <laughs> the exorcism was due to take place, Ramsey 
tried to strangle his wife while she slept. Oh my god. Okay, it that is sounding very demony, isn't it? I mean, this is a great horror movie. I'm sorry. This really needs to be made into a horror movie. It's perfect. It really is. They should add it to the franchise, they man. They really should. When the exorcism actually began, Bill um, was not at all impressed. The service was being conducted in Latin, and for half an hour, nothing happened. Bill then took on an entirely different appearance. His face contorted, and both hands formed claws, which is what I've seen in the picture. McKenna commanded the demon to leave. The full force of werewolf fury descended on McKenna one time and then disappeared for good. The whole event was recorded on film. No, really? I've not seen this film, so I really want to search for it and see if we can find any... Oh, we've got to go on a deep dive and find it. Right? If it's recorded, then surely in the world of internet now... We must have some evidence or some proof of this. I'd love to see that. So, Bill Ramsey last appeared in public in 1992 Mm -hmm. when he updated his progress. Just before his exorcism, the transformations were increasing in both frequency and seriousness. Since that time, there have been no incidents recorded. No one has been rampaging uncontrollably through the streets of South End on Sea in almost 15 years now. But Bill Ramsey has been quiet for just as long as that before. So there has been. Is he still alive? We don't know. We've got no information on it. My gosh. Okay, okay. A couple of questions. First of all, was his wife okay or did he full on kill her? No, his wife's okay. Okay. And then, second of all, do we think that werewolfism is just like a demonic, like, wolf spirit possession? I think that would make sense when you compare it to other things. I mean, the the process of a, a lycanthrope is, um, you know, scientifically impossible. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I think going down the more you've been possessed by a demon route is probably, if anything, you know, if any of that stuff's true, then that would be probably more the case. Obviously, we know the history of the Warrens and kind of their dodginess as such. Um, Yeah. But it does sound like he, it put things to bed possibly and that possibly that, you know, whether it was a demon and they managed to banish it or whether his psyche then was like, oh, it's fixed now. Or I'm thinking as well. Or more's happened, and we just don't know about it. But it would I find it really? It is weird that there's almost a mystery to what's happened to Bill Ramsey, and that no one's heard from him since 1992. I imagine the stigma of all that case probably made him kind of go into hiding or something, and like want to live a very um, quiet life, not around people. Or he's killed his family and is now living in the woods. <laughs> Yeah, it's a possibility. It's a possibility, Nina. I'm going to have to do a little bit of a deep dive because I need to know where Bill Ramsey is. Yep. And, but I think also like the possibility of it just being like a psychotic break. And, you know, the, the mind is, is capable of extraordinary things. And I think maybe that exorcism just gave him that like mental push to make himself believe that he was cured maybe and it fixed it. Yeah, yeah. 
it is quite possible that that is the case. But I love, I absolutely love this story, and I think it's insane that it's not more like known in, in like, especially in the movie. Like, I just don't know how Hollywood hasn't grabbed onto this. It's such a great story. Like, that is a great horror movie right there. Fantastic, better than the recent Exorcism reboot. Like, this is a wicked story, and it would fit in the Conjuring um, franchise so well. It would be a perfect kind of um, one to end on, or something. But you know, it would be amazing. Yeah, and I like. I do. I'm. I'm also like in two minds about the whole Conjuring series because I absolutely love it. But I also kind of know some of the true stories about Ed and Lorraine Warren. But I like to believe more in the sort of fairy tale side of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Sure. sure. So, but uh, yeah, no, I'd love to see this as a movie. Do we know any budding filmmakers? Uh, there's Jed. Is it Jed Shepard? The dude who done, um, host. Have you seen host Nina? I haven't. Is right. it good? You need to see host. Yeah. Host was made. Okay, I'm writing it down. Host was made during, um, COVID when no one could leave the house. Um, and it was all done via like webcam like this. So it's all online and all the characters are like having a, having kind of like a chat and a meeting. They do a online, um, online, what's it called when you use the Ouija board? Oh, um, seance. Oh my God. Seance. Yeah. So they've done like an online seance and then crazy stuff starts happening and it is so effective it is probably, I think it's one of the best found footage movies, like, since the Blair Witch Project. It's up there for me. Like, it is brilliant. It's really well done. And Jed, Jed Shepard, I believe, was a writer on that show um, and maybe a producer as well. Um, he's really cool. He's really good. Um, he would be fantastic for this as well. I think he'd do an excellent version of this. I'm going to have to write him a letter. Yeah, I'll tweet him. I'll tweet. I've already, <laughs> I've already tweeted him an idea for a movie, and he's he's not got back to me. And that was that. Like we need like a Blair Witch style movie, but it's not a witch. It's Medusa because Medusa is one of the most underrated and underused kind of um, scary horror. Yeah, but she's amazing though, and it's also one of those things like, is she a villain? Not really. You could make mm. her a villain though, and make her one scary damn villain. Yeah, no, that would be great. Actually, I would watch I mean, the shit out of that. I might be coming from a man's perspective where it's like, oh, you know, I'm sc- the scary woman turns me into stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then I'm coming from the woman's perspective that, like, shit men get yeah. turned into stone. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nina, I've had a lot of fun. It's been fun doing this. It's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I love a scary story and I love chatting to you. So it's been an absolute pleasure. Will you come back again next week? Uh, yes. If this worked, if you liked it, I would 100% come back. Fantastic. Okay. Well, that is uh, this week's episode. I'm going to, I like to end by telling you what my plan is for next week. So next week's episode, if you hope to come back, is about the Battersea Poltergeist. Do you, I'm guessing you know the Battersea Poltergeist, Nina. I don't, Fantastic. but Fantastic. I love a Poltergeist story. Fantastic. Okay, perfect. All right. I so, like coming into the story not knowing anything. Yeah, I like that surprised. too. I like that too. It's awesome. Okay, so that has been uh, this week's miss. Uh, this week's paranormal ghost story. We'll be back next week with more. Don't have nightmares. <laughs>